Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. Now, we have some very interesting company interviews coming up in the coming weeks, not least my guest today. But before I introduce him, let me just remind you that you can subscribe to the show via email by clicking on the subscribe via email button on the left of your screen. And then every time I upload a new show, you will, as if by magic, receive an email telling you that is the only email you will receive. Now, my guest today is Juan Vergara. Juan is a very interesting guy. He was involved in Microsoft at a very early stage from 1990 to 1999, eventually becoming their worldwide director of sales and marketing. He left about a year before the tech bust and then moved into commodities. His company, Vena Resources, listed in 2005. It has a market cap of about 40 million Canadian dollars. It trades on the Venture Exchange in Canada under the ticker VEM. It has just over a million dollars in cash and is developing various projects in Peru, zinc, gold, silver and uranium. And it follows the project generator model. And in the interests of disclosure, I should say I am a shareholder. So, Juan, welcome to the show. Why don't we start by you quickly explaining what the project generator model is, and then from there we can talk about your various projects. Oh, thank you, Dominic. Thank you for having us over. Sure. Um, Vina, as you mentioned, was created in 2005, and it actually lists in the full board in the TSX, not on the Venture Exchange. Oh, I beg your pardon. No, that's all right. I know. Project Generator is a model, it's a business model that uh, enables a company to have a multitude of assets, and specifically in this case in Peru, develop them by investing in exploration, maybe all the way to drilling, and bring in a senior partner to take it into production. So the more projects you have whereby somebody else can invest money to advance your projects, the better off you are in terms of minimizing your risk <clears throat> and creating upside for your shareholders. In other words, you find the, the projects and somebody else pays for their development. That, that is correct. That is basically the, the right model. It's, it's uh, like anything else in finance. You, you want to lever other people's money to advance your asset and bring value to your shareholders. Now, that's a big component of Vina. Obviously, we try to combine that model with a cash flow model. So we're going to talk about a zinc mine that we're putting in production with one of our partners. So we need, we believe in the partnership model for more than anything else to reduce the risk for our shareholders. In fact, we have three significant partners that are well known to your readers and an audience in general. Uh, one is Goldfields uh, from South Africa in the gold arena. Uh, one is Cameco, on the second largest uranium producer of the world uh, in the uranium uh, projects in Peru. And Trafigura from Switzerland, who is helping us build up this zinc mine. So, uh, again, we continue to advance our projects. We have 29 projects in Peru. 
And over time, you're going to see us do joint venture agreements, uh, whereby a third party comes in, invests in our projects a few million dollars, and they get to earn a percentage of the property, and we keep the rest. Okay, I mean, that's three pretty, uh, I suppose you'd call them heavyweights uh, in their particular field, Cameco, Trafigura, and um, uh, Goldfields. Um, why don't we start by talking about Cameco and your, well, in particular, your uranium projects? I, I've seen some pictures of the, uh, of your rock, and uh, I mean, it doesn't, it looks ex- extraterrestrial. It doesn't look like it's <laughs> of this planet. It's green. I'll, I'll put some pictures up on the site so you can see. Okay, perfect. Yeah, what that is is autonite, basically, is uh, oxidized uh, uranium on, on surface. Um, what it is in the uh, in the 70s and 80s, uh, perhaps even in the late 60s, the uh, Peruvian Institute of Nuclear Energy did some work all over Peru looking for uranium and funded by the UK and the American government. Obviously, we're talking Cold War days here, so they were looking for uranium around the world. They found uranium in this area of Peru called Makusani. And what happened is um, after the uranium dropped to about you know, f- you know, $10, $15 a pound, everybody forgot about uranium. So those assets became f- freely available to us. So we staked about 20,000 hectares about four years ago. Once again, advanced the asset by doing geological work, drill work. And then Cameco got interested in what we, had, what we were showing. So they came down to Peru, reviewed the data, fell in love with the play, and agreed to invest $10 million over four years to earn 50%. Now, to, to tell you specifically the project generator model, we, Vina, had invested so far at the time about a million two dollars. And we were able to bring a senior partner who was going to then invest 50, I mean, 10 million for 50%. So you can see how the lever effect works there. Yeah. Know, obviously, that, that is actually a, a, a huge value added to our shareholders. The stock in, in 2007, when we announced this, almost doubled. It went from a dollar to almost $2. Uh, obviously, Vina has dropped significantly from the uh, go-go days of the 2007 timeframe, but that gives you an idea as to what is possible under this model. So Chemical comes in. We've been drilling with Chemical for the last uh, three years, and so far we have about 22 million pounds of U308 uh, defined in the Makusani area, and the system is completely open. You've just declared a, a 43101, haven't you? That's correct. I mean, the, the actual data came out about 45 days ago. The full report should come out later this week, if not early next week. Uh, so you will see all the details as to how what, that this was accomplished. But yes, we have already announced about 22 million pounds of U308. Now, analysts in Toronto and around the world assign the value of about $3 in situ per pound. So we're sitting on a resource worth about $66 million so far, out of which we control 75% and chemical controls 25%. So you can do your math and realize that that is a very good asset to have within our portfolio, given our current current market cap. I mean, that, that's, that, that justifies owning your company by itself. <laughs> yeah, one would say so. I mean, that's typically what happens in the junior space. And uh, many, many you know, CEOs will tell you we are extremely undervalued. And you're going to find that with Vina as well. And But this one is uh, an anomaly because not only we have 
uh, exploration plays that are quite significant with senior partners, but we also have a, a zinc mine that is near-term production, which will generate significant cash flow to our shareholders as well. Okay, let's. I want to talk about the zinc mine in just a second, but let's just quickly finish on the uranium projects. Sure. Um, so Cameco have got to, have spent some money and they've got to spend a bit more. Uh, presumably they like what they're finding, but when I saw you um last week i met you in london and you were on your way back to seattle uh, where you live but you'd just come from china now what were you doing out there and 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 <laughs> or you're not allowed to say no of course i'm allowed to say i mean look the chinese are all over peru all over the world they have lots of cash they want to swap their their green currency for hard assets so they are buying all kinds of assets there are serious nuclear power companies in China building lots and lots of nuclear power plants. They are demanding feed, i.e. uranium um, uh, U308, basically yellow cake for uh, for their needs. Um, more than 30 nuclear power plants are in the works. So I met um, a very large Chinese company who uh, is interested in obviously looking at what we are doing in Peru. Uh, and they're looking at you know, acquiring everything they can, you know, not only uranium, but also base metals and precious metals around the world. So um, we had an interesting conversation as to what's possible in Peru. And and what about Cameco or Cameco? I should say, where 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 do they stand with you now? How do they want to go forward? Well, we are we are we're partners, of course. We have a, a ongoing joint venture agreement in one area of of Makusani that we control together. Uh, we all know that the entire plateau, which is hundreds of square kilometers will be consolidated someday. So at some point, you know, there's going to be a lot of M&A activity in the neighborhood. Um, and we hope to be the end results, the winners of this um, mergers and acquisitions and with Cameco backing it up, or if not Cameco, somebody else that could be the Chinese. Now, let me ask you two more questions. Are there any issues with mining uranium in Peru? I'm thinking of regulatory issues and, uh, you know, environmental ones. Sure. Uh, in fact, we are we're very lucky that Peru is very open to mining. In fact, you know, you may know, but more than sixty percent of the Peruvian GDP is is related to the mining industry. So, uranium in this particular case is treated like any other metal in Peru. So, the mining law in Peru is the same regardless of the metal. So, uh, so far, there are no specific changes to the mining law um, regarding uranium. I do expect, though, that when we go through the environmental impact assessments eventually before you know, mine development that the Peruvian government is going to modify some things to make it compatible with the rest of the world. You know, the uh, IAEA, which is an international agency, sort of controls the way uranium should be developed over time. And um, the Canadians are obviously well aware of this and Cameco knows how to do this in Canada as well as in the U.S. So we expect those practices to be applied in Peru as well. So we should be able to comply with those without any difficulty. Okay. And are you looking to build a mine here or are you going to let somebody else do the, do that for well, you? you know, the deal with Cameco is uh, 50-60-70. You know, 50% for $10 million, they get to earn 60% with a feasibility study they get to earn 70% when mine development commences. So we're carry-freed all the way to production, meaning that you know, if Cameco eventually wants to build a mill to, you know, to mine uranium and process uranium, we get 30% you know, for our shareholders uh, for free. So remember, the original investment of $1.2 million may turn up over the years to be a 
um, you know, production revenue stream on something quite large. So it, it, chemicals in the build in the business of building mines and, and building mills. So I expect them if they stay with us in Peru that they will go through the steps and build a mine. Okay. Now you've said that the resource is open in all directions. Is the grade of a good enough quality to build a mine? Well, at this current prices, it is. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we think you know uranium jump all the way to one thirty, one hundred thirty dollars a pound, and of, of course, at that level, anything is economic. But what you need to understand about Makusani is different from what normally people see in Canada in the Athabaskan Basin. This is more of a low-grade, high-tonnage, multi-multi-silo feeders to a central hub. So imagine a hub-and-spoke model where you have a major mill in the middle with multiple silos feeding um, from open pit mines. Uh, so we expect you know, near-surface mineralization to be leachable, mineable, easy to recover, relatively low cost, under $25 a pound to basically to spend. And here the key is obviously your operating cost against your revenue stream. Right? So if I, if I were to guess that we're, it's going to cost us $25 a pound, to produce this U308, and in the current market, you know, the Chinese are buying it at $72 a pound. There's a significant margin there for a revenue stream for us. Okay. So we're feeling very good about the upside. And you know, then you got to ask yourself, what is the long term, right? I mean, obviously, oil will drop in terms of uh, volumes in the market. So we expect uh, um, the global economy to continue to price oil in, in upper move. Therefore, uranium should, re, you know, should move properly on the right side and therefore our minds will become even more economic okay now i know from talking to you we spent a lot of time on the uranium project but i know in fact you're perhaps as excited about the zinc project as you are about anything so why don't you tell us about that well i'm more excited because it's near-term production um you know the the uranium stuff still has a few more years of uh in, increased resource and of course uh, upside to our shareholders but at the end mining is a business and any business is measured by revenue stream and, and margins and so on. So the zinc mine, we have uh, Trafigura from Switzerland as our partner. They are the ones investing in, in advancing the project and helping us put it into production. It uh, it's already has an EIA approved, so sometime in March, we should begin construction of the, of the mill. And um, you know, by um, in the next two weeks or so, you should expect some significant news for us, hopefully, in terms of drill results. We've been drilling the underground to uh, improve and increase resources, and I hope to be able to release that before you know, you know mid uh, mid December for sure. Um, so that should be a good upside for our shareholders, I think. And then um, we'll put the mining production generating a uh, thousand tons a day. Uh, of a concentrate that can be sold into the market, um, and that revenue stream is will be significant for Vina if zinc, of course, stays around a dollar a pound, where we've done all our metrics. Our break-even is 60, 65 cents a pound of, of uh, zinc, so we have a nice margin right now. As, and I believe, honestly, as I look at the market long-term, and even in the next two years, then base metals like copper and zinc are going to bounce aggressively uh, in the upper side given the global recovery. And what, what is the current zinc price? It's about 98 cents, okay. uh, 90, 95 cents. But recently it went up all the way to about a dollar and 10. And when you look at Venus chart in the last two, three months, there's been a significant spike for basically two reasons. The price of uranium has improved dramatically from, from the mid 40s to the um, basically to 60 some dollars today. Uh, and then zinc has recovered from about 70 cents to all the way up to 110. 
so it's consolidating right now around these levels, but I expect that um, the, based on what I hear from analysts in Toronto, that the um, base metals like zinc and copper should continue to move up. Let's assume that zinc stays where it is now. You'd sure. be making roughly 30, 30 cents a pound uh, on the concentrate that you sell. Is that correct? Well, there are several ways of measuring this. Um, you know, we can high grade it and make more. We can low grade it and make less. But yeah, we, we'll make enough to pay, obviously, the any kind of financing structure that we will come up with, plus make a significant cash flow to our shareholders. It will be hard for me to tell you specifics because it depends on the price. But assuming if it's around a dollar, we'll be making about a million plus uh, in free cash flow on a monthly basis. So. You know, for a company of our size, if you are able to make twelve million a year in free cash flow, that's that's quite significant. Okay, and it pays for all your other activity, I imagine. Oh, just just imagine, imagine what would it take right now for me to raise ten million dollars? You know, I would need to dilute the company by a significant number of shares, right? So I'm avoiding all that dilution. You know, all all, all built into the company structure right now. So ten million dollars in free cash flow to us means that we can explore everything else without diluting the company anymore. Let's move on to your silver project. This is where you have the deal with Goldfields, is that correct? Well, with Goldfields, is two things. Uh, the silver project is unique to Vena, but around the silver project, which is 1,000 hectares, we have 15,000 hectares that, that we have done a joint venture with Goldfields. So it's basically a gold project and a silver project, two separate projects. Um, the silver project, we're excited because we're drilling it and we see tremendous upside there. But on the Goldfield side, uh, just to be clear, they are advancing the project. We should have a meeting in Peru in December when I'm down there. And we should be provi- provide the market some update on the, what has happened in the last six months. Um, you know, we can say we've in- increased the size of the land package. We're, we're, we define some targets. These are the targets we want to drill next year, things like that. But yes, it's a pure gold exploration play where Goldfields is investing several million dollars to earn a percentage of the of the claims in Peru that we control. Once again, the, the project generator model, you, you know, we invested basically $200,000 stake in the ground. Here comes Goldfield ready to invest more than $4 million to advance the asset to earn a percentage of that, of the claims. So if we're able to do that across all 20 plus projects, we should generate a significant cash flow or upside to our shareholders. And then the next final phase is, you know, the company itself is, is a bit of a complicated company to explain to many people because it is in zinc, in uranium, in gold, and copper. So at some point, we expect the company to restructure itself by via spin-offs or IPOs of some of its divisions. And then our shareholders will have a pure play on uranium, for example, right? So if you're an existing Vena shareholder, someday you'll have Vena shares plus Peru uranium, for give it a name, in the future. So that restructuring should help you know, in unlock the value that is hidden within the portfolio today. Yeah, I, I, I do think that makes sense, Juan, because, um, you know, when I met you first, I was thinking, well, is this a uranium company or a zinc company or a gold company? What, what, what is it? And, and uh, it, it's sometimes good, you, you know, even though you're doing all these things, it's good to uh, have a unique selling point because then people... Uh, are able to grasp what you're about more easily and they'll think well I need to buy some uranium I'll buy Vena you know that's correct that that is basically the plan yeah you're you're right and yeah, we have identified the market um obviously prefers to have uh pure place and it's easier to finance easier to explain all I will tell you is that from my perspective from you know having a project generator model 
it is highly lever. Um, you know, you invest a million to generate 10 million. I mean, that's very helpful. But at some point, the market does force you to some degree to to break up the uh, the amalgamate into in, into unique pieces that are valued by themselves. And we believe that one plus one should be three. Therefore, if we break it up properly someday in the future, our shareholders will gain the benefit of that. Okay. Well, Juan, um, as we close, is there anything else you'd like to add or, or uh, um, have, have you said all there is to say? No, uh, Dominic, I would say to you, look, I mean, uh, Vina is a company that it's, is rebooting itself. I mean, if you go back to early 2007, look at the chart, look at what happened. We have our partners investing basically $6 million a year. On top of that, we're investing you know, our million dollars. So you got a company with $7 million of pure exploration investment. You got a company that is going to be generating cash flow in the near term in the order of about $1.2 million a, a month. Um, so the valuation of the company should re, be reset in the near term. And you know, all you need to do is look at what the insiders are doing. I personally have you know, doubled my position in the company. I believe in the long-term value of Vina. Um, so we are feeling comfortable telling our shareholders, look, if, if we put more money into this thing, we're, we're feeling comfortable. And therefore, if our partners do what we think they're going to do, uh, we should be in pretty good shape in the next 12 months. What uh, percentage of the company do you own? Well, I own close to 5 million shares. My whole family owns about 12 million shares. Um, so that's, you know, that's about 10% of the company. Okay. There's about 90 million shares on issue, aren't there? Correct. And with another 20 million or so options and warrants. Correct. A lot of those warrants are obviously owned by us as well because we did some, obviously, some placements. But the bottom line is uh, here's a strong management that knows how to build companies. Uh, and that's one key criteria uh, uh, when you're looking at junior companies in the world. There's a portfolio approach that enables us to lever the company in many ways. And there's the partnerships um, that create and validate our geologists. I mean, I couldn't tell you uh, how good my geologists are, but Given the Cameco, Goldfields, Trafigura, they are investing with us in our projects. That gives you a sense of how, how good my geologists are in finding new projects. Well, Juan Vegara, thank you so much for, for talking to us. The website is venaresources.com. Uh, they trade in Toronto, but not on the Venture Exchange, under the ticker symbol VEM. And I think that's about it. So... Juan, once again, thank you very much for, for, for talking to me. Yeah, thanks, Dominic. One last thing I forgot to mention. For some people that love Facebook, I mean, you can see a lot of information, much more dynamic information on Vina if you go to the Vina page on Facebook. And you'll see videos and pictures of, uh, of the ongoing development of the mine and, and the other projects. Much more dynamic than the website, for sure. Facebook is, is something I avoid because it <laughs> takes up too much time. <laughs> but one, once again, thank you very much. Thanks, Dominic. Take care. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 